It's the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack. We are here for episode 20. That's that's somewhat of a milestone, episode 20. Uh, hypo- hypothetically. Yeah, we've been going since October of last year. We've now hit 20 episodes. Things are going well. The math aside, doesn't add up on that one. Aside from what's going on outside <laughs> the, the the confines of this room, things the are going pretty well. The Way of Rock headquarters, well. yeah. The Way of Rock headquarters is cruising right along. We are, as always, brought to you by Anchor.fm. Go to anchor.fm or download their app and create your own podcast. All you have to do is record into the app or upload your recording, and then they do the rest. They find distribution, they find sponsors, and they get your podcast out for people to hear. It is anchor.fm. Also sponsored by Third Stage Tees. You can go there and use code word T-W-O-R. Save yourself 15% off of a third stage tees, t-shirt, or tank top. Normally we get into like a whole thing when we do our sponsorships, but I'm not going to do that this week. Because we, we, I look down and suddenly we're 20 minutes into the podcast and we haven't even gotten through the sponsors. Let's so talk th- about tank top weather. Those are our sponsors. Yeah, it's tank top weather. It's hot. Hopefully it's not too hot where you guys live, but it is hot here. It's and hot. it will be for another six months. Yes. We we get our summer heat straight through Halloween in these parts, approximately. So that's, and it's uh, straight to 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 cool winters. Yeah, we get it's hot through Halloween, and then we get about three or four days of autumn. <laughs> We're like, yes, this is great. Yeah, beautiful autumn weather, and then it's icy and cold for six months. Yes, and then the same thing happens in spring. We right. don't really get our spring. We get. Icy and cold, then it's 94 degrees. Exactly. And yes. then, like, the next week, it might snow. <laughs> the jo- the joys of Midwestern weather. It might do the, all of it in one day. Uh, yeah. Might be 90 degrees and then snow that night. <laughs> That's just, uh, just how it works in these parts. So, yeah, our recording schedule is all screwed up right now. We like to record on Fridays. We didn't get to last Friday. Um, we're not going to get to this Friday. So we're doing, like, a midweek... Recording, so we're not recording on a on a new music Friday. Yes, but new music did come out this past Friday. New music actually came out yesterday for some reason. Well, because they they do things differently in South Africa. I guess we're going to talk about brand new Seether in just a few minutes. But first, coming out this past Friday, we had brand new Lamb of God finally. Yes, the uh, the self titled album. Don't remember when it was announced, but. Um we talked about the singles, uh, Memento Mori, Checkmate, and New Colossal Hate a couple episodes ago. But then the full album finally dropped, um, giving it a couple listens so far. And, I mean, it's, it is your it is your, your typical Lamb of God recipe, but I think that's, like, all you need. Like, Mark Morton, uh, we talk about him a lot. Uh, I think on, like, tracks 1 through 10, every riff that he, uh, he plays is excellent. Um, cause he has like a very good blend of like the metal sound, but then it's also like bluesy and you, you can kind of like hear that in it. Um, my personal favorite tracks are gears and then routes or roots. depending. Yeah. On I like that one too. The one with Chuck Billy, Chuck Billy. Cause you know, Chuck Billy's our boy. Other Happy birthday, Chuck Billy. Yesterday was his birthday. It was his birthday. Yesterday. Turned 58. Cause, um, and then I'm also... Um, this might be the poser answer, but Memento Mori. That uh, is a good song. It's I've got been, a cool beginning. It's really a cool way to open the album. Yeah, I've I been thought. ever since they dropped that one. I've been a I've been a fan of that uh, that single. 
Um, and then they also got Poison Dream with Jamie Jostos. They have two features on this album. Um, Jamie Josta uh, of Hatebreed, that's where most people know him from, uh, also has the Josta Show podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's another one. Kind of like the breakdown in that song kind of turns into a little Hatebreed thing where yeah. Jamie Josta does yeah, Hatebreed cool stuff. Thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's a cool little album. Um, I know this annoys you, but uh, it's 45 minutes long, so you can <laughs> start it. You can start it at uh, 15 after and end you, at the You, end you the like end of to communicate album. with people with tight schedules. They're like, well, I'd like to check out the new Lamb of God album, but I've only got 45 minutes. Can I fit it in? Perhaps. And here's Jack to give you that answer. Yes. The answer is yes. You can fit it in. <laughs> yeah, so this this is a really cool album. Um, I am still intrigued that Lamb of God's this far to their career and they just now dropped a self-titled. Typically, that's the uh, it's like one of your first three albums. Not that there's a rule behind it. It's just interesting. Um, but yeah, the album cover is awesome. Has a, what is that, a stopwatch? It's an old pocket watch. Pocket watch, yeah. same thing. It's not the same well, thing. Well, yes, it's just a different time. In my head, that's what I meant. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but they're not. Stopwatches are the digital ones. I know this. So, I like, as you know, I'm not the biggest fan of what we call Cookie Monster vocals. Yes. It just I like the mix up, going mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth. And Lamb of God doesn't what, provide you that mix. They up. they normally don't, but this does have a little bit of that in here. There's. Yeah. There's some other vocal stuff going on that's not just the growl, yeah, Ray- which I dig because I think Randy Bice's lyrics are awesome. Lyrically, this is a very cool album, but and I know it's just me, and it's you know I I I, I know that a lot of people out there, especially Lamb of God fans, don't share this, but I can only take so much of the growling. That's what I love about Trivium is they go back and forth, yes. back and forth, back and forth. Avatar, same thing, back and forth. And and this album, I wouldn't say they go back and forth, but it isn't wall to wall growling, yeah. which would turn me off. Yeah, um, and I I'm a really big fan of Randy Blythe's voice. Um, as you said, lyrically, he's he's a he's a very interesting guy, just like oh totally as a person. So um, he's got interesting lyrics to write about. Um, and really, to that end, I mean, even going to the the song with Chuck Billy Roots. That was written about the whole Standing Rock thing up in North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, and it was. So that's very, very cool. I didn't realize this, but Chuck Billy is a member of the Pomo Indian tribe, and so he's got you know Native American roots as himself. Roots being R O O T S. Roots the song R O U T E S. But yeah, very cool that that that's subject matter for songs. I mean, this is a very this is a very socially aware, politically aware album. Yeah. Um, which is always interesting because which I know, you know, I follow those guys on on social media and and just like any of the the bands that are socially and politically aware, they catch a lot of hell for it. <laughs> they get a lot of you know, shut up and sing, shut up and play guitar, and it's it's always strange to me that in our world people think that if you belong to one of like five professions, you're not allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's always it's always funny when somebody yells at Tom Morello. You know, we love your music, but stop being so political. As and, if uh, the entire reason Tom Morello is right. Also, we I I don't know if we talked about this last time. Um, 
I do think it's funny. I mean, most people just don't know this about Tomorello, but I do think it's funny that there is the faction of people out there that they they say, oh, sh- keep playing music, like stay out of politics. You don't understand it. And Tom Morello has his political science degree, and he he's like, yeah, I kind of know what's going on. I- yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's just such a laughable opinion anyway. If somebody is in, you know, think about when you're at like a party or, or some sort of social gathering and the people that are spouting off about their political beliefs come from a variety of professions. They might be accountants, they might be mechanics, they might be garbage men, they might be doctors, they might be one of any... No one ever says to you, a, a bookkeeper, you know, just shut up and add your numbers. Yeah. We don't well, want to hear it. Well, the it's because um, people, and not and um, not, not uh, come, taking shots at either side here, um, but people do not like when someone with a platform disagrees with they them. They don't, and really it has nothing to do with sides because it doesn't matter who or what that that artist is saying. The people that don't agree with that point of view want them to shut up and do yeah. their thing. Like, it, w- it doesn't even matter. I mean, and then the way people are getting now, they could just come out and say, you know what? I really, really love telephone poles. I think we should do our part to preserve telephone poles. And there would be... Millions of people just hitting them on Twitter. You idiot! I can't believe you're standing up for telephone poles. What about what about you know basketball poles? You must hate basketball poles because you're up for telephone poles, and it's it's exhausting. I don't know how. Honestly, I don't know how Tom Morello opens up his social media every day. He's he's a madman. I mean, he gets it more than the guys in Lamb of God. I know the guys in Lamb of God get it because and I I do follow them one, too. One thing. Um, and now of all people, Tommy Lee's getting it. <laughs> Poor Tommy Lee just wants to, you know, play his drums. He's got solo albums coming out here pretty soon. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, he was catching some hell on on the social media the other day. People are saying, oh, I'll never buy the Tommy Lee album. And I'm like, well, no one's going to buy it anyway. But <laughs> still, you know. Yeah, no, it it is, it is interesting whenever... Because, I mean, if anything, like... Um, I don't. I mean, I I, I try to stay pers- personally. I try to stay out of uh, out of politics myself. Um, as Obi Wan Kenobi once said, I'm not one. I'm not uh, much one for politics. But uh, I don't. I going back to the Tom Morello thing. Um, like a lot of people, like I mentioned, he has his his political science degree, and he, he's he's a rather smart man. But it's just so interesting that like a band like Rage Against the Machine or Crosby, Stills and Nat, or like those bands that were built off of politics it like it would be like if the guys in credence clearwater revival were like just randomly were like one day they're like yeah we don't really support the uh the wars that are going on and then i was like oh, you stay out of you stay out of that you, well, you, don't- you say, and i don't know i mean the rock and roll especially in the the mid to late 60s and early 70s when vietnam was going on and all the the turmoil back then rock and roll was the voice that was how that was how people and young people, especially, got their opinions heard. Was Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Neil Young, and Creedence Clearwater Revival, and countless others. Joni Mitchell, they were all writing these political songs, and and that was the people's voice. So yeah, somewhere along the way, it became like a bad thing for artists to be socially aware. And I'm not sure what happened. It was almost like those. The, all the baby boomers that were socially aware rock fans in the 60s and 70s got old and then they got mad when like I, I 
one of the original guys that that used to do that in the 60s and 70s, David Crosby. If you look at his Twitter feed, it's countless. Oh, David, I've I've been a fan for 50 years, but I hate it when you get political. Like, really? What songs were you listening to 50 years ago? Because they were pretty much all political. So it's a very it's a very weird thing. Those people got old and angry, I guess. And and yeah, everyone feels the need to get a get mad at something these days. So. They do. And 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 it's weird because you know, if you like all kinds of rock and roll or all kinds of music, you know, every different style like it, not everybody can be political. I, you know, I don't need my Van Halen songs to be political. They're about parties and girls, which is cool. That's got its place. But you know the the bands that do that. Yeah, I, I would. I would be weird to hear Rage Against the Machine sing a song about a keg party. It would. <laughs> Although they did sing a song about Maggie's farm, and that uh, that went fine. That's so. that's a political. Song. I know it it's is, Bob Dylan song. It's what, they, it's what they call a joke. Bob, Bob Bob Dylan, another guy that writes amazing lyrics that I really can't listen to him sing, and it kind of ties in with Randy Blythe, like. Amazing lyrics. I just amazing music too, for that matter. Just the the singing kind of gets to me after a while. So you're taking an, an official anti Bob Dylan stance. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> See, you're you're you'd be a good Twitter. Uh, what's wrong with Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan's amazing. He's got some, you know, he's written countless amazing songs. His singing gets a little old after a while. Not alone in that opinion. Sorry. I see. All right. Um, that's, that's politics and music. Do we have anything else on that? <laughs> so, we've reached a lull in the show that we'll probably cut right out. I see. All right. So, um, a band that's a little bit less political, I think, unless I'm just missing their entire thing, our friends over at Seether. They've got new music coming out, don't they? They do. They have an album that I cannot pronounce. Well, that's because I think everybody's letting Tobias Forge title their albums now. Yeah, I can't pronounce that either. I'm gonna have to look up some sort of some sort of phonetic thing on that. But the new song I can pronounce, it's called Dangerous. Yeah, and looking at the track list, it doesn't appear that there's any any tracks that we cannot pronounce come uh release time. And I'd punch it up here on iTunes, but it's not to be found on iTunes yet. Which is very strange. I found it in other places. I see. Okay. So um I'm gonna give my best gander at this. See this passum parabellum. It's got a cool little album cover. Um, but yeah, I was I was really big on Seether's last album, Poison the Parish from 2017. Oh, it is there. Look at that. They must have updated. Uh, yeah. So um, does, is there a release date on there? Uh, there's not there, but I looked at it earlier on the social media, and it is in August. Okay. And I will give you a... Exact date on that, if you'll keep talking while I do All that. Right. So uh, August twenty eighth. August twenty eighth. Okay, so See end how of fast August. I got that done. So um, yeah, they dropped. Uh, they kind of teased it, as you mentioned. This wasn't released on New Music Friday, and basically what happened is what was yesterday, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, they just posted a teaser on Instagram, and I'm sure the other social medias, and then they uh at night they dropped it. So uh. Yeah, I've given it a couple listens. I know I say that about literally everything, but um, it's a good song. I do really like Seether a lot. So yeah, I like them. I go back and forth on them. I 
you know, a couple of their songs I, I'll hear and I'll think, ah, these are kind of generic. But then they'll they'll do something like Country Song or something like that, which is pretty unique, I think, and I really dig it. And we've seen them live a million times. Yeah, we've times, seen them a ton. They're always a good time in concert. Yeah, so. yeah of course. Um, so, yeah, they're a band I dig. Misses the Way of Rock is the big uh, big Seether <laughs> fan. fan. <laughs> this is true. That's why we've seen them so many times. We've seen them so many times that we've seen them and just kind of walked away and done other things while they were yeah, playing. Yeah, because uh, well, cause we've, for the most part, we see them at the festival that they always play in our area. Right. Then we see them a couple times at clubs or smaller venues. But yeah, when we went to, um, when we went to our music festival in Kansas City a couple years ago, Seether was there, and that was whenever we went and had a nice cup of lemonade. <laughs> we chose to get refreshments during Seether. We could still hear it. There's just no need to... Uh, but yeah, jazz to hear what that whole album is going to sound like. The the new single's pretty good. Um, there's going to be a lot of new music come out in the next couple of months. I've seen some bands teasing it. Another band that's kind of regional to our area, might be known nationally to some folks, uh, Shaman's Harvest. Ah, yes. I saw on their Instagram. They don't post very much at all, but they did post some some teasers of new music coming out. So okay. look for new stuff from Shaman's Harvest coming up that's this summer. Everyone's... Uh alone and bored right writing music um and hearkening back to last week when we talked about the possibility oh, yes, this is another thing. of a creed reunion Hold on. we made the joke well that gives miles kennedy time to put out a solo album and what did we find out yeah so um uh someone that's like in that kind of circle of uh people like the miles kennedy like the 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 Miles Kennedy the guys in the slash band kind of um in that circle uh posted a screenshot on his Instagram page from uh, so it's an article from Blabber Blabbermouth and it was Miles Kennedy has finished writing second solo album and it rocks a little harder than Year of the Tiger he says that was a mostly acoustic album for the most part yeah yeah so I am really intrigued by that because I really liked Year of the Tiger um and I and I. Miles, we're big fans of Miles Kennedy's vocal work. Oh yeah, I love anything Miles does, and that was a good album he put out. Was it's probably been about two years now. I want to went say, on a tiny little solo acoustic tour. So hopefully, with when tours you know start back up again, probably not till twenty twenty one, but hopefully he gets to go out and do some solo acoustic shows and and reach more cities than he did the last time around. I don't know that he had really the time to do much because. Not long after he did that, that's when Slash dialed it up again and Alter Bridge put out yet another album. Yeah. Because they, they, they hustle, Alter yeah. Bridge. Yeah, they do. They do. do. Uh, Miles Kennedy's a busy man. He, he is. He just alternates between touring with Slash and doing his Alter Bridge thing. And so, yeah, now that he's got a little time, hopefully, hopefully he gets to do a little bit longer of a tour. So, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to seeing some Miles Kennedy. So. Live music still isn't really going to be a thing, but I saw this article, and actually, since we've recorded last, I saw some live music. Yes, you did do that. Which was, you don't know how much you miss it until you get to go see it. And we went to see the Black Moods, and they played a big outdoor park. It was just a, it was a charity show. I think they were just doing it to, to help some people out. So there wasn't that big of a crowd, maybe 300 people, maybe. Um, and it was outdoors, like I said, just kind of a, it was kind of a town picnic kind of thing. 
And I got to say, just being able to see a band play, especially a band that, that, that rocks pretty hard and puts on a live, you know, full energy show, it really, really was nice to see that again. Yeah. Um, and speaking of live music, there's a, a Loudwire um, social media post that the Herd Immunity Fest I saw that. is real and is happening next month featuring Static X. And it says here in the the uh, the graphic that non-point's there, but then reading the caption, I don't know if that's still true, it says non-point drop-off after being called out by Powerman 5000. I don't know if that means that they're not playing or what the sitch with that I, is. I don't know. This seems like a big beef with bands that I don't listen to. <laughs> I, As far as the new metal scene goes, non-point is one band that I do actually, I do dig a fair amount. I think they're an interesting band. Um, I don't think I don't think I care for Powerman Five Thousand at all. Well, that'd be interesting. Where Where is that looking to be held? Because I, 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 I saw the headline briefly, and I didn't dig into it once I saw the acts that were going to be there. Yeah, give me. I suddenly didn't care. Um, give me one second. For all that. right, well, you find that, and and in the UK, they're wanting to bring back live music, and some venues are considering a disinfectant mist as you walk in. So you'll walk into the show, and it looks like they want to take your temperature, wear your face mask, and then they'll spray you down with some disinfectant as you walk through the door. I see. And then as I read further, they're, they're saying, then you'll, you'll also fill out a questionnaire about your symptoms and recent places you visited. So we're looking at 10 minutes of people you know, being at the gate. Think of the lines that are, that are, I mean, I have no interest in, it's hard enough just doing basic security yeah. checks. Um, so the Herd Immunity Festival is going to be in R- Ringle, Wisconsin, and uh, it says, update, Nonpoint have officially dropped off the bill following a post by Powerman5000 Spider1, who uh, sets stuff on Twitter. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to make fun. I'm glad that, that people are testing the waters for live music because it... You know, I mean, it's got to start up again eventually. They got to start up sports. They got to start up live music. People need these outlets. People need stuff to do. And um, while I'm on Loudwire, I did see this the other day as well. Linkin Park have an unreleased unreleased song with uh, Chester Bennington. Yeah, I saw that. It said Mike Shinoda said it would be years before anybody even heard it. Okay, Um, so I didn't I didn't dig into the article, but I did see the uh, I did see the thing, and I was intrigued by that. but one thing, and this is not necessarily calling anyone out, um, but sometimes you'll notice that, like, whenever, and I think this is not necessarily in the rock world as much as it is in, like, in the hip-hop world, um, but whenever an artist dies, sometimes you'll see, like, their death be exploited to uh, to to profit, oh, basically. Oh, God, yeah, we've been seeing that for years. Yeah, but I think that is one thing that Linkin Park's been, like, really good at, like, they haven't really... Like, of course, it's like kind of like the 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 right thing to do, but right. they haven't. They've been protective. Yeah, they haven't gone out of their way. Like they haven't been just like, which isn't really the case with a lot of other artists. Yeah, you know, the it, it seems like uh, when Prince died, his family couldn't wait to start exploiting that fast enough, and I don't know how protective he was of his music before he died. Because we're not seeing like Prince songs and commercials and stuff yet, but 
they they wasted no time opening up his Paisley Park studios and and arguing about all the money and saying you know one sister was like no no it's all mine and the other one no 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 it's all mine but yeah and that's yeah that's just been going on for years in rock and roll and 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 you know then it doesn't matter the genre yeah but that because like there there is no Lincoln Park without Chester and I don't think there'll ever be a Lincoln Park without Chester right outside of maybe like a a, re- a reunion tour of sorts, maybe years down the line, but um, the guys in Lincoln Park have done a really good job of kind of just like keeping quiet and doing that whole thing. So good on them. Yeah, and hopefully they continue that because there's, and I bring up Prince again. This is a guy that was so prolific and just constantly recorded and wrote and recorded and wrote and has hours and hours of recordings that. He was probably not ready for the world to see yet, and for for him to pass away at an early age and uh, it's and suddenly, and then you know the family starts taking control of these recordings. You know, it's not it's not what he wanted. He didn't yeah. he didn't necessarily want that stuff to be seen by the public just yet. And just because he recorded it, I don't feel like it has his family members just have the right to say, oh, okay, well now we now we can make money off of this. Yeah. You know, Prince was a guy that he he was very controlling over his material. And, you know, some some artists aren't necessarily that controlling and they they might just have stuff that they forgot about or whatever and they, they're cool with it. But but yeah, it's it's a weird thing when when ex wives and widows and family members and moms and dads, you know, Jimi Hendrix's dad was kinda weird about that kind of thing after Jimmy died. And it's a, it's always strange when they kind of seize control over that material and start releasing it and making money off of it. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, you are going to take a look at... The what is it, the anniversary of probably my favorite Deftones album, White Pony. And we are back on the Way of Rock podcast. I'm Jack. Sitting in the chair across from me is Jeff. And we're going to be talking about some White Pony action. Before I get into White Pony, I'm going to mention, you know, I mean, and this isn't really a thing, but isn't it, do you always find it interesting, like, for the longest time, I, whenever, like, on iTunes, whenever I would listen to this album, or when I would see this album, it was always a white album cover with a black outline of a pony on it, right? And then somewhere along the line, iTunes, um started making it the blue with the pink, I mean, the, the white uh, pony in the corner. Because uh, for the, I think it, I, th- I don't think it's anything deeper than they just have two album covers. I mean, yeah, I, I don't actually, I never had this on, on CD, so I don't know what it actually looked like on CD. Yeah, but um, this is, it, it is something interesting because um, you don't have to do it n- now, but there's one of the Tool albums that now on iTunes has a completely different album cover that's, like, modernized and looks different. I don't remember which one it is. Might be Lateralist, but it is interesting how um, sometimes that the, the, the album covers just get switched up like that. Um, but like I said, I, th- they, I think they just have two album covers. It kind of just is both. One's probably the deluxe version and or was meant to be and then yeah, something, like some stuff, something like that. I'm not like pressed about it. I just think it's interesting. And now White Pony. Um 
this is a really, really good album to listen to top to bottom. Um, I think the biggest reason for that is uh, the first track is Back to School. Um, you'll see, and then it has parentheses, Mini Maggot. And then the 12th track, the last one, is Pink Maggot. And they're kind of the same song, just a little bit different. Um, like, this, th- they have the same chorus, but Pink Maggot's, like, very slow and deftonesy, and Chino does his kind of, like, slow, drawn-out scream type thing, if you know what I'm talking about. Yes, which is what I really like about, about Ch- the deftones. Yeah. That's what gives them such a unique they're sound, They're so I think. unique compared to... Because without his... His unique vocals, I think they kind of can fall into the same category as a lot of other early 2000s new metal. Yeah, and bands. another thing that's interesting about them is uh, they they're like they love their extended range guitars, right? So like um, a lot of their songs are in like drop C with an eight or nine string guitar being played, and um, typically whenever you have that many strings, it's like very heavy and um, you know, like that that deathcore sound, like that. They love their extended range, but like you bring that like that just really thick, heavy guitar sound into, for the most part, relatively slow songs. Like they're not. I wouldn't go out and say that uh, Deftones are heavy. Like they have they have some songs that rock a bit, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but th- yeah, this is probably not here. This is this is my favorite Deftones album, uh, mainly because it has a lot of slow songs or like that they're not trying to blow you away with how heavy they can go they're trying to be deftonesy and weird and slow um some of those like so you have the the hits uh digital bath knife party which i think knife party might be my favorite deftone song yeah that's a cool song that is i really like that song um they have change in the house of flies which that's probably their song would you agree i would say yeah that's one you hear on the radio all the time that one's in a bunch of movies um and that's a great song in its own right. I love that song as well. And then you have uh, Passenger, which has a... Uh, we were just talking about Tool, has our boy Maynard James Keenan Yeah, I didn't know it. that. Yeah, he, he does that the... Is, that uh, is news to me as of now. <laughs> he uh, does the choruses and stuff. Or I think he might have a verse. I don't remember off the top of my head. That's actually what they opened with when we saw them open for uh, Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah? They came out and opened with Passenger. They played... That was a really interesting show because they played a lot of their slower stuff. Um and then another one uh, is the fourth track, Elite. That one is a really weird song. Um, if you read the lyrics, it's kind of a gross subject matter. But the chorus, I mean, not the chorus, the, the guitar riff on it is, is killer. I love that riff. So that's a, that's a song that, and he, he also does like a weird, an interesting voice thing with it where it's not quite a scream. It's not quite, I don't really know what you would call it, but that's a really interesting song. That's the fourth track, Elite. Um, and then, like I said, the final track, Pink Maggot. I listen to that one all the time because it's just very slow, um, has the back to school chorus in it. Um, yeah. I I'm a I'm a big Deftones guy. Somewhere along, it was weird because they had got announced to headline a festival a couple years ago, and when they got announced, I wasn't really like all that intrigued. I was like, okay, we'll we'll see Coheed and Cambria and Chevelle, and then stick around, and I guess we'll see the Deftones. That's fine. And then um, we saw them. I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. And then from there, I just became a a huge Deftones fan. 
because Chino Marino, one of my favorite vocalists, kind of in the active right now. Um, he's so fun. He's he's a madman. I don't know if you got to see like the full you got the full Chino experience when we when they opened for uh, GNR. Yeah, that was that was a hard show to yeah to really dig the Deftones. I mean, obviously they they put on a great performance, but you know you're there to see Guns and Roses, and in a show like that. You almost wish that there wasn't an opening band because that was such a big show. It was. And but like even now, like you, you look at um like if Deftones are at a festival, they're probably headlining that like oh, night totally. of festival. Like, like yeah. I, I, I equate it to we didn't go to this show, but I equate it to a couple years ago when, when Metallica played the baseball stadium yeah. here and Volbeat opened up. And and I love Volbeat probably as much as you love Deftones. Yeah. But when you're when you get into shows that size, it, it's just almost you just almost rather it be an evening with Metallica or an evening yeah. with with Guns N' Roses because you're just you know that headlining show is going to be such a spectacle that it doesn't matter who's opening it's they're just it's just not going to be the same thing. Yeah. So you have this awesome band like like Volbeat or Deftones playing to you know a third of a stadium. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah, and they they don't have the you know the 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 lights and the explosions and all that stuff. It's I don't know. It's it's yeah. just a different kind of vibe, and I think it does a disservice to those bands. No, it, I would I would agree with that. Um, because like when 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 they opened for Guns N' Roses, it was they had a picture. Like a, right. s- a video screen, it wasn't even like a, a an active video screen. It was just like a logo, right? As a, like a backdrop, but it was a screen. And I mean, they had a huge stage because Guns N' Roses doesn't mess around with their stage. But it was all Guns N' Roses stuff was already set up, so they had their little right. center part of the stage where they got to go. And it was like the idea of Deftones being confined to that little. You've seen them in in, in an amphitheater. Yeah, that's you? what. I, yeah. yeah, that's what I was kind of because whenever I got to see them in that, because I was in the pit for that one. So I was right up next to him, like he gotcha. did. You know how you always um, bring up whenever uh, Jacoby Shaddix kind of got in the crowd and we had jumped to carry into him? the crowd. We had to hold him up. Yeah, I not quite that with Chino, but lay off the carbs, Jacoby. He, he got like he did the thing where he, um, he like stood up on the railing, kind of like, kind of leaned into the crowd, and he was yeah. like inches from me. So, like I, I was right up there for that. And he's, yeah, he's a he's a crazy front man whenever he's kind of whenever it's his show right right um one interesting thing that happened in that show is he like they opened up with rocket skates i want to say they come out and that that's a that's a high energy song to open up with he comes out and he immediately jumps on a sub and the sub just comes out from under him and falls off the stage and he, he like he he was fine he he landed back on the stage but this, i was like oh there goes a sub good job stage hands Sure, it wasn't a monitor. What's a sub doing on stage? It might have been a monitor. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, a monitor. It was not a sub. One of the monitors. He he jumped on the monitor. Like somebody somebody really screwed that setup <laughs> up. So yeah, um, that's Deftones. Uh, this is a great album. I think we talked about Diamond Eyes a little bit ago. I know this album. I've listened to this album way more than I did Diamond Eyes, even though um, Diamond Eyes has some bangers on it. But uh, yeah, this is fantastic album, top to bottom. I'm gonna do it. 53 minute runtime. So if you only got have an hour, <laughs> if you you have your hour workout, you know this I wouldn't suggest this to work out to. This is more of the I worked out to this album today. Interesting. Yeah. How that I mean, go? it wasn't a high intensity workout, 
but I did want to review it, and that was my that was my time to do it. See, so yeah, but I, you I messed up because you you worked out to White Pony, but then when you were just doing things around the house, you were um, <laughs> listening to, to Lamb, Lamb of God. Lamb of God. You could have easily flipped those, and all of a sudden your workouts exponentially better because you have. You have the the double bass drums yeah. and the killer riffs. And I then, did I did do that backward. And then you turn on White Pony for your cool down. You know you <laughs> take a walk around the neighborhood. You know, yeah, the Deftones are a vibey band, which they I are. dig. They and I, you know, and I was listening to it today. Like I said, I, I think Chino's vocals go such a long way into separating them from like the the PODs and the Salivas and the uh, who's the other band I think sounds exactly like oh. POD. Dear. Trapped, trapped, yeah. P.O.D. Uh, those, those bands of the day, I, I, I think it. They, those are probably Deftones peers, I guess. I, you know, if someone doesn't know what they're talking about. They're probably lumping those bands kind of yeah. together. Um, but you know, the Deftones totally separate themselves. Yeah, I, um, I think lyrically, for one thing, because a lot of those other bands have stupid lyrics. They do, but yeah, that's true. but yeah, Chino's vocals totally. And like. You look at some like um, there's not really any on this album that are too eye opening, but you kind of go through the Deftones uh, discography and you're just like, what are these titles? Some of them are just goofy, and um, they're Chino's another like he's a very interesting, uh, very interesting songwriter to say the least. There's a, there's a lot of weird things with them, and I think the interesting thing about them is like. Each album is kind of like their own thing. Um, so, like, I mean, I know that's how albums are supposed to go, but like, they like really, they really accomplish that very well. Like, this album's like, this is a very vibey album. Like, you sit back, you're chilling. Um, you go to uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Like, they they all have like kind of like a vibey chill vibe to them. That's that's a weird sense, but like they're all so unique in their own right, um, which I think is a a cool thing about them. And then they also have some songs like uh, what's it called, Hexagram, off of their self-titled, where it's just like Chino screaming for three minutes, and it and they uh, have such a like a diverse song selection. So it looks like I found the answer to your your cover art. Okay. There's there's actually a bunch of different cover art for this Is album. Is there? Okay. Yeah, it looks like it was originally released with gray cover art. Yes, I have seen that one as well. And then when. It looks like uh, da, 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 they re-released it somewhere along the way with white cover art, Yeah, as you mentioned. And it doesn't really say when the blue cover art came out, but... Yeah, I have, yeah, I have seen that like white it one. It looks like it's just been released That's a few what times. I figured, yeah. I mean, I, did, I didn't think it was anything uh, nefarious or anything like that, but... Uh, iTunes taking over, make, making album <laughs> covers look exactly how they want it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, favorite songs off... Off of this are probably uh, Digital Bath, Knife Party, and Pink Maggot. S- those are the poser answers, but those songs are just so good. Is RX Queen the one that's got the cool um, vocals at the end of it? That's a good question. Kind of the, uh, sounds almost like a female singer just doing real cool kind of vocals. One of those songs, I, I, it's, it's, it's been, gosh, almost two or three hours since I've heard it, so <laughs> you'd think my memory would be better. But yeah, I always thought I thought that was really really cool too. It wasn't just Chino's vocals; they had some cool vibey, like female sounding vocals at the end of it, almost reminiscent of the, the the female backup singers for the Stones for like "Gimme Shelter" or something okay. like that. Um, but yeah, so then also, as we mentioned, th- this um, you look at like 
it doesn't mention that Maynard James Keenan is in Passenger, but he is. Um, he doesn't. It doesn't have the featuring. And also to kind of go full circle, um, and, uh, la- on the last Lamb of God album, they had Chino for the song Embers, and that is a uh, that is a great song as, as well. There is a there's a playlist on Apple Music for all my Apple Music listeners, or you if you wanna dive in. It's Chino Marino Essentials. So it takes. There's some Deftones in there. There's some of his features in there. There's uh, he has some he has some side projects that are less rock, more kind of like electronic rock type things, um, which I feel like I would be less tolerable if it wasn't Chino Marino uh, doing the singing and whatnot. But there's a there's a whole playlist that's just kind of all of his stuff all together, which is a really interesting listen as well. So. Cool. Well, there you have it. Twenty years of White Pony from the Deftones. So we're going to wrap up this week of the Way of Rock podcast, and we will let you know that you can email us at thewayofrockpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's the Way of Rock. Check us out on Spotify, where we have our Day of uh, Song of the Day playlist, and we also have our Cover Songs playlist, and that's at It's the Way of Rock. Our website is now live. It's thewayofrock.com. You can head straight there to listen to the podcast. And, you know, I didn't bring this up at the beginning because we were so excited to talk about Lamb of God. Okay. But we can now be found on iHeartRadio. Oh, yes, we can. We can now be found on TuneIn and uh, working on getting us on Pandora. So that's two editions, depending on what you listen to your podcast. We're pretty much out there on all the on all the platforms. It looks like most people listen to us on Anchor, but we are also available on Google Play, on Spotify. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and now iHeartRadio and TuneIn. Or you can just go straight to our website at itsthewayofrock.com and listen to us right there. So in the meantime, we will hopefully get back to you on a normal schedule probably next week. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's it, it, it has suddenly turned into a crazy time at the <laughs> Way of Rock headquarters. Lots of lots of movement. So we're going to try to get back on a regular schedule, but we will definitely be back in another week or so. In the meantime, check out thirdstagetees.com. Get yourself a T-shirt. Use promo code TWOR to save 15%. And we will see you soon.